muscles from The one who, who has an end is to come Only way, one you then you're, you're the only one Be king of my head, king of my heart King of all me King of my light, king of my dark King of my mind, king of my breath King of my roar, king of every word I say King of my peace, king of my war
behind it. I'm an undergrounder and I know what they do. And Chief Annette Kamel the underground. Thank you. 
period uh, Iron Tip. Um, so I lead worship every Sunday, play guitar, sing, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, so what really sent me um, full in uh, with the band, I'll be honest, when I, when I first came here, I, I just came here to really honestly play music um, and just kind of see how that would go. I had had reservations about you know starting in a church, finding that church, and, and really restarting my relationship with God. I had some hesitations, and very honestly, I came here to play music, and that was kind of my focus. But as I fell in love with the people, uh, and I saw the changes that, that God was making in my life, and just how I felt as a person, and, and I could see those those inward changes become outward changes, and I saw how it started to affect my circle of people and uh, the people that I interacted with. Like man, there's something different. Like um, you're so much more confident. Like I love this, like, what's up? I tell people everywhere I go, I play in this band at New Hope Church, like Sundays, like come here, listen to us play, we have a great band, great message. Those changes that I felt on the inside becoming that outward reflection of myself, it, I didn't look back, it was, it was just a, a great defining moment for myself. I would say to our church family, you know, New Hope, you know, Beaver Creek, um, the people online, I can see, and I'm sure it's happening in your guys' community, online or in your personal life, but I, I see such a, such a transformation here, like in our community. We do our Hope Week, and we see we see people coming in, like, and like just the lives that we're impacting with, with the music. We, we like do our outside concert. And we we always have people just like walking by, and you know, even if, even if they're there just for a moment, maybe you know to listen to like to the music just for a minute. It's there. It's it's a message. That's what I want to say that, that just the importance of like what we do in the community, the importance of being on the Hope team uh, to facilitate that. Like it's in the name, you know, be Hope. You know, and, and that's what we are being for our community. Is we're being that hope. You know, in the community, in our family, and in our own lives. Anybody that's not on the home team, like, hear me out. Legit. Get involved with the church. Change your life. Your relationship with God is so much better in your journey your church. An enjoyable one. It's so much fun. I could never imagine not being a part of what I do here. And uh, if you're like me and you want to give, but you don't always carry a lot of cash, 
Uh, we also have the option to do that online by going to behold.church/give. It's a secure portal um, for anyone that would want uh, to take advantage of that method of giving online. Hey, uh, this time I'd like to invite you to stand back up with us because we're going to keep worshiping together this morning. We've got a couple more songs that we're going to sing. Um, but before we do just that, I want to tell you the series that we've been in called Work the Fight. Our lead pastor, Brad and Beaver Creek, has been sharing with us ways in which we should fight for our faith, fight to grow in our lives, and we just want to continue doing just that because we believe some things are worth fighting for. One of the ways that we believe we grow in our faith, we grow uh, personally and spiritually, is by serving. And so if you are, if this is your uh, your church home, uh, or maybe you're new here and you plan on coming back in the weeks to come, then we want to encourage you to get involved in serving. We have an array of different things you can do to get involved. We have things like worship team and all these people that are behind me that serve uh, some of them every week, some of them rotate in and out. And then we have things like our coffee bar, we have our welcome desk, we have our greeters that are outside and inside the space to welcome you as you arrive. We have our kids workers, nursery workers, tech team, uh, and more things to come in the future too. So if you are desiring to get involved and to get involved with serving and um, all of that fun stuff, then we just highly encourage you to take this opportunity during this series. Uh, Brad's going to be talking about it more today. Get involved because it can change your life. We believe it transforms us as we serve others. And Charles, man, I couldn't put it any better than the way you put it in that video. So this next song that we're about to sing is called Goodness of God. We've, we've sung this song here several times, and it always strikes me, it always reminds me that when we are singing this song, there's no part of it that we're declaring that our life is always good. That's not what this song is singing, that it is stating. What the song is stating is that we have a God who is good. And so when we sing this song, we're celebrating the goodness of that God. We're not celebrating circumstances around us that are good. Maybe you're in a season right now where all the circumstances around you are good. That's great. But we know this too. If you've lived any amount of time, you know those circumstances change. And we know that while one moment it may be good, we know that in the next moment it may be painful, it may be dark, and it may be hard. But it's in those moments that our circumstances may not look all that great that we have a God who is very good. We have a God that is so good. And we can call upon that good God to be present with us in the midst of our troubles, in the midst of our struggle, in the midst of our hardships. I'm reminded of the 23rd Psalm that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. But there, David states that even though I walk through the darkest valley or the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are there with me, protecting me and guiding me. And so when we sing of the goodness of God, we're stating that no matter what our circumstances are today, no matter what season of life I'm in today, I can claim God's goodness in my life. I can celebrate God's goodness in my life. I can give praise and honor and glory to a God who is good each and every day of my life. So can we celebrate our God? Can we give him praise and can we worship him this morning?
people in your life. I don't know why you've come here today, but I want you to know that we believe and we hope that there's power in God's word. That when we stand together and we acknowledge that the word of God has been given to us, that there's something powerful that begins to happen in our lives. I want to celebrate a story of a gentleman who has acknowledged that he decided he's going to start reading his Bible, and he is absolutely crushing it. Like, from Genesis to Judges in just a few days. Like, I don't think anybody else can do that. And he said, more importantly, the power of what has happened in my marriage. The power of what has happened in my life. I, I can't even believe it because of God's word. And so today as we step into this place, I believe that God has a message for you. I believe that his word is going to impact you. And can we celebrate what God's going to do today? Hey, I want to welcome our online community. We've got Kim who is in Indiana. We've got Val and we've got Donna joining us online. I also want to welcome our Ironton campus. series called Worth the Fight, Worth the Fight, and uh, I know some of you, I'm disappointed that this series is ending, uh, I know some don't feel the same, <laughs> but it's been really good, we've been talking about this idea that, uh, oh it's been good, we've been talking about this idea that there are state lives at stake, and that we have a responsibility to them, and, uh, and one of the ways in which we find our greatest responsibility is when we serve people. Uh, we've been saying we do that on our hope team every week. That there is a world that enters into this place in desperate need of God. And one of the ways that you can unleash hope, unleash hope is on our hope team. By serving people every week. Charlie's story is one of them. Charlie, we are so grateful for what you're doing in Ironton. Can we acknowledge Charlie as well? Celebrate his Two verses, so don't worry, you won't be standing much longer. Uh, but last week, I asked you to pray for our team and our staff as we went on a retreat. Can I just let you know, uh, it was a productive and amazing week. God spoke to us. We've got a clear theme for next year. We've got an amazing goal that we're going to be shooting for. And uh, we'll be letting you know what that is in a few weeks in December when we start our new series called I'm Dreaming. I'm Dreaming, which you should invite all of your friends. It's going to be amazing. So can I say thank you for your prayers? Also, thank you for praying for yourself. That as we step into this new year, you would be willing and you would be open to what God's going to do and what He's going to use you. All right, here we go. Nehemiah chapter 11, verses 1 and verse 2. Wow. It says, Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. The rest of the people, the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of every ten of them to live in the city, the holy city, while the remaining nine were to stay in their own town. The people commended all those who volunteered to live in Jerusalem. Title of my message today is Next Level. Next Level. So on your way to your seat, turn to three people and tell them how you feel about the weather. Okay? How's the snow? Tell them and have a seat. Have a seat. We're going to conversation about the weather today. So um, we've had a lot of fun in this series. We've had everything from sword fighting to lumberjack hour to arm wrestling last week. 
a lot of fun. I don't know. I had a lot of fun at the Open Believe you should have fun. Like, church can be fun. Uh, this week, I don't have anything for you. I know, disappointment. But, uh, but I do have in front of you is, is uh, I just want to be, can I just be transparent with you today? Can I just be honest? Like, I know you don't want your pastor to lie to you, so I'm going to be really honest in this one. Uh, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is small talk. Right? Yeah, one of those starts with the weather discussion. See, I know if you start talking to me or I start talking to you about the weather, this conversation is not going anywhere. One of the other ones, uh, and I'm so guilty of this, is when, when we say, how are you? How are you? And it goes like this, I'm good, how are you? I'm good. And the reality is, is uh, both of us feel like we don't care. And we're in mutual agreement that the sooner we can move on, the better. <laughs> oh, is that just me? Is that, that how you feel too? Like, do we really care about how somebody's feeling? That's why when I meet you, I'm going to ask you often what's good. You ever just do this with people? Right? Some of you have, have caught on to this. You ask me what's good, and I'm in the middle of grooving. You're like, hey, what's good? You're like, oh, I just have to stop and answer that question to acknowledge what's good in my life. I hate small talk. Okay, so, so maybe the side note to small talk. One of the greatest compliments that you give me as a pastor is, is not the message was great or it was average or whatever it is that you feel about the message. It's when people come to me and they say, one thing I really like about you, Brad, is that you are raw. <laughs> you are real. Like, I think that's a kind of way of saying the message. Yeah, okay, but we can We love that you are honest and real. And if you've gotten to know me over the last four months, what you know is I don't mind. I don't mind airing my dirty laundry in front of you. I don't mind sharing my struggles. I don't mind letting you know my struggle with life and with faith and with family. That's just where I am. And the reason why I want to start there is because I realize that if I'm not authentic with you, it's pointless. That this message is small talk. Like we will always remain on surface level. We'll never get to a deeper meaning. There's no purpose behind it. So I've been thinking, like, what if in, in conversations we led our conversations uh, with our greatest struggles? Like, what if I said, hey, my name's Brad, and I struggle with severe insecurity, imposter syndrome, and a huge ego. Hi, Brad. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who this is? This is somebody who attends Celebrate Recovery. Can we, can we celebrate our Celebrate Recovery program here? It's amazing, it's an amazing industry. But they get it. Because anybody who steps on this platform to share their story starts with their greatest struggle. Hey, I'm insecure. Hey, I have this problem, I have an addiction, I'm dependent. And what I love about Celebrate Recovery is they know that in order to get healing, you can't live at surface level. You have to get to the next level. The next level. See, in order to get healing in your life, you have to go deeper. And so Nehemiah in this story understands that he's got to take his people to the next level. And so I'm kind of piggybacking off last week. And so if you missed, let me catch you up. What we realize in the story of Nehemiah is that he was called to rebuild the wall so people, God's people, could encounter God. Encounter God. That's, that's the whole point of the wall. But what he finds is at the end of rebuilding the wall, 
the people were engaged in the work, but they were missing an encounter. Meaning the very thing that they were working for, they were missing once the project was completed. And so if you were with us last week, we said this, we said, encounter God and engage the, the world. Encounter God through his word. Do you remember this, the banana diet? If you missed it last week, we gave you tips on how to read your Bible through the banana diet. It's amazing. Go back and watch it. But you encounter God through his word and then you engage the world. But here's where I want to take you. That if we engage the world without an encounter, it's busyness. It's just busyness. You've met really busy people. You ever sat across uh, dinner at the end of the day with somebody, or maybe it was coffee, and uh, they start going through their day, and you are exhausted just listening to their day. Amen. Amen. And when you get to the end of the day, you realize you haven't accomplished one thing. Like you've been running around like a crazy maniac, but at the end of the day, you've just been busy. There's no depth. There's no meaning. You've been living at surface level. It is pointless. There is no purpose to what you're doing throughout the day. And this is what Nehemiah understands. If a city is built without the presence of God, it exists without a purpose. If the city that God is trying to build is built without his presence, it exists without a purpose. Can I just say this to you today? Can I lean in? Without God, who gives you purpose, you cannot live at the next level. You cannot live at the next level. You feel like you're certain.
waking up ready to go in the twinkling of an eye we will be raised high every heart beating in time without a
And she's sitting there in my office, and we're all sitting around talking, and she's like, it is so cool, guy. Guy messaged me in front of everyone. And I'm going to be honest. I was like, bro, you are connected. That is amazing. Like, I was in awe. Like, how often in our life do we need to know people who know people who know that we have to have connections? Can we talk about money for just a second? Can we talk about the cash? My motto is, uh, when it's flowing, you feel like you're growing. When it's flowing, you feel like you're growing. Uh, when, we, when, we, when we are financially stable enough to live at a means that's higher than everyone else, um, when, as, as our students say, when you get that bag, when you get that bag, the reality is you walk with a different swagger. You walk differently. You feel like you're on top. Can we talk about comfort? Like when we begin to realize that, that having a relationship with God changes everything, we become aware of the things in our lives that we need to let go of that keep us comfortable. I was listening to a message the other day, and the pastor was asking for feedback, and somebody talked about comfort. He's like, no, God doesn't want to make you comfortable. God, wanted, God wants to get rid of the things in your life that keep holding you back. But you think these are the vices that will allow you to move, to move forward. See, it's, it's busyness. But we do it for significance. Right? The motive is significance, but it comes from a posture of selfishness. So back to my original thought. What if obedience is the visible expression of God's power at work in you? What if obedience is not submission, but it's admission to live life at the next level? In the story, I love it. It says this. It says the leaders began to settle in Jerusalem, the holy city. What a powerful phrase. The leaders are different from the rest of the people. They're not looking for significance. Why? Because they realize that for them, they have to live life at a higher level. The reason they're leaders, the reason, the thing that sets them apart in their life is that walking into the city, they realize that proximity to the temple requires them to live at a higher level level of obedience. And then it says this weird thing. It says they settled in Jerusalem. Notice it doesn't say they settled next to the temple. It says they settled in Jerusalem, the holy city. Now, for all of my geeks out here who love facts, the, the phrase holy city is only used five times in the Old Testament. This is so good. Five times. Two of which are in the story of Nehemiah, which tells me this one thing. That there is a massive paradigm shift taking place among the people in this moment. There is a massive shift in their understanding of how God works. That when they encounter God and they begin to live out of obedience, they begin to engage the world in such a way that God's holiness, God's love, God's power doesn't move just in the temple, but it says it moves into the entire city. The entire city. Think about this. That God's presence, when they lived out of obedience, moves from the temple into the street corner. That it wasn't just meant to be in the sanctuary, but it was meant to saturate every corner of the world. This is 
why Jesus says to us, very truly, I tell you, anyone who obeys my commands will not see death. You won't see death. Meaning if I simply live out of love for him, there is a God whose presence, his life, his love, his healing, his power, his presence will pour into our homes. His, his life will be in every single gathering. His grace will be in every single interaction. His word will be in every single dinner. In every corner of the world, a new light has dawned in the darkness because there is a son who obeyed the father and the word became flesh and it moved into the hood. I love this. Jesus was obedient to the father. It's our opportunity to bless the world and to allow it to live at the next level, the next opportunity. And that's how you change the world around you at the next level. Because obedience, obedience, it's the ticket. It's the admission. It's the opportunity to live life at the next level. And so there's this third movement in the story. I know. Two verses. Who thought we could go 40 minutes on two verses? I'm doing it today. There's this movement at the end. I love it. It says, it says the, the, the leaders, it says the leaders, i got to turn here because it's not. Now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem. And the rest of the people cast lots to bring out every ten of them to live in Jerusalem, the holy city. While the remaining nine were to stay in their own towns. Now here's the best part. Can we go to the next verse? We got it. The people commended all those who volunteered, volunteered to live in Jerusalem. Oh, see, there's a third group of people. You have the rest of the world, and then you have the leaders. But then you have those who volunteer. And what they realized in this moment is that my significance does not come from chasing the things that the rest of the world is chasing. That my significance comes when I raise my hand and says, I will, I'll do that. Do you know what volunteers are? They are selfless. They are selfless. They're not selfish. Volunteers, these are, I'll do it. Whatever you want. I'll say it this way. Selfless people live at the next level. Selfless people live at the next level. Volunteers live at the next level. Why? Because they are bought in. They are all in. Do you know how many people, how many of you I meet, you say, Pastor Brad, anything you need, I'm in. I'll do it. I'm all in. You're bought in. You're bought in. Your selflessness unleashes hope every single week. You are bought in. And I believe that bought in is absolutely bold. It is so visible. Let me, let me, let me make this make sense. Give me just a second. So I was listening to this strategy podcast, and this, this guy was telling, uh, basically saying, fo focus groups are stupid. Focus groups are stupid. He said, the reason they're stupid is because uh, you bring a bunch of people in, and you have them set the, you set the bar, or you set the price for something, and they have no buy-in. So he said, like, if we put it this way, how much would you get for this sweatshirt? $20. 
right there, going once, no, $20, would you get 30? Would you, would you get 40 for this sweatshirt? What about 45? Can I let you know, some of you paid $45 for this sweatshirt. But here's the thing, just because you are willing to give $45 for this sweatshirt does not mean that you will. Just because you're willing does not guarantee that you will. It's like when we take surveys. Would you like healthier options at the Bridge Cafe? Yes, I would like an apple instead of a donut. But when I get there, I will eat the donut instead of the apple. <laughs> Pointless. Why? Because you have no buy-in. When it comes to what the guy found is, he said, you, you, you're going to pay $45 for this sweatshirt? Hand it over. Like before I actually set the price of this sweatshirt, I want to see you pay $45. You know what I've learned in life is that you cannot let people set the bar who are unwilling to pay the price. You cannot let people set the pace of an organization, of a church, of a business who are unwilling to pay the price. And I want to celebrate today and I want to commend so many of you because you have said I will be selfless and you have set the bar because you are bought in. Because you're bought in. i got to tell you this story and I'm ending it right here. There's this wonderful lady. So on, on, on Monday mornings we come in and uh, we call it slow start because often we have church hangovers because this is a long day. We're just tired. And we walk in and, and we don't talk about our staff. We don't talk about each other. We talk about you. Never bad things. At Be Hope we don't have bad people. We have only good people. But we talk about you, we celebrate you. And I remember one week we were talking about Joyce. Now Joyce has a husband named Tim, who if you don't know Tim, you do because you walk by him every week when you walk through the double doors out front here at the Beaver Creek campus. Tim sometimes wears uh, the Buzz Lightyear uniform. Sometimes he has rocker hair. Sometimes he's wearing a chicken outfit. I don't know. That's Tim. Tim gives his life to this church every weekend. And Joyce hated it. She was mad. Why do you spend so much time at that church? Angry about it. Like, frustrated with it. Then God got a hold of her life. And she said, all right, whatever, dude. I'll take that Hope Unleashed class. Three weeks. Claim identity. Clarify purpose. Restore passion. So good. She went through it and she was like, fine, I'll get on the uh, guest experience team. Guest experience, this is such a wonderful team. We have an amazing team of people who do this, but, but at our campus here at Beaver Creek, you're gonna walk out the doors if you're a first time guest, you're gonna turn left, you're gonna go to the orange room, you're gonna get a free t-shirt, somebody's gonna meet you there, we're gonna celebrate your life, we're gonna get your information. Uh, somebody on our guest experience team is gonna call you and then we're gonna ask you to come back for three weeks. <laughs> so you can understand who we are and our culture, it's a lot of fun. Joyce, in addition to other people, are people who make phone calls. And so there's this one week where uh, we had four Clark State baseball players walk into this church, and, um, and then they left, and Joyce called them on that Monday. And it was so powerful because one young man started opening up to her. He said, hey, listen, my life's a mess. I could just need some help. And she listened to him, and then she looked at her next card, and she said, hey, is this your friend? And he said, yeah, he's next to me. You don't need to call him. She's like, I don't really care. I'm going to call him anyway. It's 
picks up the phone and calls and has a long conversation with him. The next week, the four Clark State boys come back to church. I thought they were excited to see me. They walked in and they said, where's Joyce? <laughs> and uh, where's Joyce? I was like, I don't even know who Joyce is. Like, I've only been here for a few weeks. I don't know Joyce. But we'll find her. So we found her. It was like a mini reunion out in the foyer. It was so much fun. Then they started investing in each other's lives. Started taking them to baseball games. Started pouring into their life. And what we witnessed three weeks ago during baptism weekend is that there were two young men who decided to go public with their faith and proclaim their faith in Jesus through baptism because there was a lady named Joyce who gave a phone call to him and said, I care about your life. Jesus' sacrifice for you and me is our strength 
I want you to know that what Jesus did through his obedience was give us admission, would give us admission to live life at the next level. That what we see on the cross is a visible expression of God's power at work in Jesus. And I want you to know that obedience for us is a place of surrender. Where we say, God, I want your presence to pour into every corner of my life. I want your presence to pour into my marriage. I want it to pour into my workplace. I want it to pour into my kids' life. I want it to pour into every corner of the city. See, selfless is how the revolution begins. Selfless is how we change the world. Selfless obedience is how we live at the next level. Just stand up with me, Bio. This is.